The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Catherine Nye is an American weightlifter going to the Olympics in Tokyo, aged 22. She's already a world champion and was the IWF Female Lifter of the Year in 2019. Also in 2019, she announced on Instagram that she was diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder and mild ADHD. It's a condition that she lives with, she's managing, and she says is improving. And Catherine is here with me now. So how are you? How are you feeling? And how's training going? Me and my teammates talk about that quite a bit. I like just kind of where we're at Um, because I train with two other Olympians on the team. So we're all kind of in it together and we're just kind of talking about how after waiting so long and training so hard for four years and then adding another year, it's like surreal that it's finally actually happening. Um, So I think we're all just kind of feeling like we can't believe it that it's actually happening. And um, we're just trying to train super hard so that we can, you know, put our best foot forward and, you know, we all have our own journeys and plans for afterwards. So it's kind of, it's kind of almost like, um, I don't know, a little melancholy or something. It's kind of all coming to a point and that point's a huge one. And um, I'm just trying to enjoy it and soak it in as well because I plan on going for another Olympics, but um, it's it'll never be like this one. So uh, just trying to soak it all in and take it very seriously. And I still, I'm starting to get those nerves, um, which is insane that I'm finally getting competition nerves for the Olympics and not just another competition. Um, so it's all just coming together and I'm I'm really in trying to enjoy it. And I, I am, it's been great. Your journey over the past few years has been absolutely, you know, like I'm in awe of it basically of all the things that you've done and how much you've shared and um it's been amazing to see I mean I want to take you back to that like moment where you realized that you know like it was all set that you were definitely going to the Olympics like what kind of feelings went through you at that moment and and how how much yeah how did you feel in that moment where you it was it was you'd qualified for Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, us weightlifters, most of us didn't have like a exact moment. It was a collection of little moments over 18 months. And then that turned into more like, you know, adding another 12 to that. Um, so it was a really long process in every single competition that we did for about two years. Um, was really important for the Olympics for us. Um, So I didn't just have one do or die moment. I had several, it felt like. (laughs) And um, so I had all those competitions and I, and I had to have those moments and every single competition was a step forward and it was exciting because it was just a little bit closer. Um, And then we finally got to the end and I had my last meet in Argentina um, in late 2019 and I just remember just like this, it was almost like relief. Like it was like, I finally did it. Like I can breathe. I don't need to, you know, worry every single day if I'm training for a, you know, a competition I won't qualify for. 
Um, so when I finally got off that stage in Argentina and I knew I had definitely like pretty much locked in my spot, it just felt so nice to just take a deep breath and not have to feel like I'm fighting for my life every day. Um, and that was just a great feeling and a great honor. And um, I was very lucky to have qualified that early um, because I didn't have to sit around waiting for a whole year. Um, I did have some anxieties about if they were going to change the qualification system entirely. That was talked about. Um, so I was a little worried about that. But as far as the current system that did end up, you know, staying the way it was, um, I was safe. So it was nice to spend that year. And while it was hard and it was still an extra year of training, um, knowing I was still going to the Olympics, um, most likely was a very um, secure feeling that a lot of people didn't have. So I'm thankful for that. During that whole process, you know, uh, you've written this incredible article in conjunction with ESPN, which I read. You, you're officially diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder and mild ADHD. But I mean, there's so much that goes into just like reading that off, right? And, and you know, the bravery that you've shown in doing this, like on social media, ESPN, like it's crazy to me and I'm just like in awe of it. So anyway, that's me off my soapbox. I'm impressed is the summary. But in in, uh, in the middle of high school, even before a whole weightlifting thing took off for you, because you're still so young, um, uh, you you felt like you were, you were starting to struggle with mental health. So could you just take us back to that and, and, and why that was? Yeah, I think uh, most of my childhood was consumed by gymnastics. Um, so I think when I decided to leave that sport and, you know, just kind of start my life over, it was definitely a shock to me um, socially, emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, just everything changed for me in a blink of an eye. Like the people I spent all my days with, I never saw them really again. And um I just had all this free time and uh, a lack of passion really. And I feel like it really catapulted me into this really bad headspace. Um, and, you know, with too much free time comes, I feel like just not good things most of the time. Um, so I definitely needed something to keep me busy. And thankfully I found CrossFit and later weightlifting um, that would fill that time. And, yeah, it was just kind of a hard time and I still struggle and it wasn't just like a situational mental illness. Um, I just think that was kind of the start of it. And then I've been struggling kind of ever since, but I've gotten older and better and I understand my symptoms more now. So it's been, you know, it hasn't been a, you know, like a study, like, okay, like we're just gonna stay like that. Like I've, I've improved and, um, you know, living with something, you just learn to cope and you learn how to deal with it and it gets better. So I think it's, it's getting better almost every day. So, yeah. It's what's amazing. And I think why, why it's so impressive to me is that a lot of the time, I think people spend pretending that everything is fine. <laughs> and most people like, you know, it, they have something where it's not fine. And so to see someone who's achieved so much already so young, be able to say, look, hey, no, I I, I have this whole other thing that I'm dealing with. And, it, you know, it's I have to deal with it every single day. You know, that 
that that is incredible and i think it's a real shining example for people and yeah i think a lot of people would be grateful for for sharing i mean did did you have some misgivings about sharing and being so open about things at, at first um i made the decision to share pretty early on in that whole situation um just because i like to share my life um i just do i feel like um talking about what i'm going through to others helps me kind of just process things and keep them out in the open so i don't battle all those things up um as well as i wanted to be a platform to you know spread awareness because i didn't even know a lot about bipolar disorder and i had it um so uh spreading awareness and hopefully helping other people that might be feeling the same way feel less alone um, so actually I kind of didn't, um, I just thought it was the right thing to do. Um, I was definitely nervous about the way people might react and there was definitely some not so kind reactions, but they were far outweighed by, you know, supportive people and people that felt seen and heard by my story. So it was definitely worth it, even with the, the small amount of pushback I got. Sorry, the cat is just... <laughs> it's a welcome it's a welcome distraction i also can see in your face sometimes where it's like whoa the cat it's <laughs> doing like a cat thing doing her life okay <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> but i think um even though it's been easier to talk with people about these mental health issues which i think is wonderful um, I think you hit the nail on the head when it's like we've just scratched the surface by openly talking about kind of anxiety issues and depression and yet there's this whole there's, there's, that's not the end of, of things right and I think that that was such a, a big like and relevant point to make basically so I don't know could you expand on that and, and sort of why why you feel so strongly about that Sure. Um, I think mental health is getting a lot of warranted attention, which is great. Um, but I do think it often stops at the popular um, mental health issues. Um, a lot of people fight depression, anxiety, ADHD. Um, and these things definitely need to be talked about. There is nothing wrong with that. But I feel like the conversation often stops there. Um, and a lot of people don't even understand something as simple as like OCD, for example, you know, like a lot of people just think it's people that like to be neat or borderline personality disorder is like used as almost an insult against people that, you know, might not have the most uh, desirable personality traits, but that's not how it works. Like these things are very complicated and you don't know who has these things and you might not even know it because they cope with it and they put a mask on and they you know present themselves as functioning healthy mentally healthy people um and it's just very important to me um as a bipolar person to not only talk about depression anxiety all that kind of thing all those kind of things but also things that maybe don't affect as many people um and it's not just bipolar disorder that's important to me because obviously it affects me and i understand it a little bit more but i see it in plenty of others um and like when i think about bipolar disorder i mentioned borderline and there's others um uh dissociative personality disorder um these things are not as common and people have these ideas that are often 
construed by society or even media is very um, guilty of this. Like in Hollywood, I see a lot of movies that portray people in certain ways that can be really harmful to an entire community of people that suffer with that mental health issue. Um, I've just seen it time and time again, and I just think it can be really harmful to have these conversations um, that don't stem around real life uh, experiences and not just one person that's a celebrity or a movie or a fictional story, because um, that can be really harmful and it can make people out to be something they're not. And um, yeah, so just raising awareness and making it very much human um, is very important to me. And you know, just destigmatizing all these things is very important. And especially with people that are struggling, you know, like I feel like we should lift them up and not just judge them, you know? So, yeah. And I loved the bit where you said that you loved feeling powerful and strong. And I feel like a lot of people can connect with that too, you know? It's like that dedication in becoming more powerful, or like becoming stronger and, you know, weightlifting is amazing, especially Olympic weightlifting because you can see progression. It actually happens pretty quick. If you dedicate your, if you put the hours in, like stuff happens. Mm -hmm. It's like, right? It's like, you know, it's, it's amazing that way. And so, yeah, I was wondering whether you could, you know, make the hard sell on why weightlifting has, has helped you as well. Yeah, I think weightlifting is very unique in a lot of ways. Um, it's pretty much, uh, you know, people think that it's just like raw strength and it's just whoever is the strongest. When, you know, I feel like anyone, like almost anyone can get super strong. It's who can, you know, put in the work into their technique and their mobility and, you know, their body awareness and how to save a lift and stuff like that. It's just, um, it's very technically tedious and yeah, we're working hard to get strong and that's kind of like the grindy part of the sport where it's not pretty and it's really hard. And, um, we have days where it's just hard on our muscles and our bodies. And, um, then there's days where we're working on technique and you want to slam your face into a wall because, the technique just isn't working out the way you want it to. So it's, it's just very multifaceted and I feel like people don't see it as that. Um, and I think when it all comes together in a competition and you're going for the heaviest lifts of your life and your technique has to be perfect and you have to hope that your strength is where it needs to be. Um, and you make a big lift on stage. It is just the most, empowering feeling to know that not only are you strong and powerful and you know one of the best in the world but you also you know have refined your technique to the point of near perfection um it's just a really good feeling and all that work and like i said it's not just strength work it's it's mental and it's technique it's all this other stuff um and it all comes together into these small moments um usually just one or two, I feel like in a competition, um, you have the chance to just um, really feel like it paid off. And those moments are what make it very much, you know, the best sport in the world to me, you know? I, I think uh, not to constantly go on about Instagram, 
but the the final thing that I wanted to talk to you about Instagram, it was when uh, you went from the 63 kilo to the 76 kilo um, category. And it made me think of like, you made this like really cool post about body image and said that no, you'll never blur anything or Photoshop anything out. Um, and I thought that was, that was, a make oh, it should be standard right it should just be like of course it isn't but yeah sad, sadly not always the case and I, I like it got me thinking about like people who look strong might not actually be strong and people who are super strong they're always you know that there's it's it's weird isn't it we kind of we messed up somewhere as humanity yeah I think. I think a lot of people kind of back to pop culture and media and stuff we see these big muscular strong men that are often doping you know and i think that becomes our our vision of what strength looks like but when it comes down to it you know size doesn't necessarily mean strength and i think that's definitely an important thing that i like to talk on because sometimes people are surprised that i'm a weightlifter um because i'm just not you know this huge defined muscle girl like i don't have a lot of definition and I think it's just important to remember that weightlifting or lifting weights is for everyone and that it's good for everyone science says so and I think we need to change our perception of you know people's appearances aren't what defines them and doesn't define what their lifestyle is like until you speak to them and I'm so sorry about that but they're going crazy um but yeah, I think people's appearances should never define them. And yeah, I think weightlifting is definitely a testament to that because we have people of all shapes and sizes on our team. And I think it's uh, a pretty cool thing, actually, because I don't think there's a lot of other sports um, that have a 49 kilogram athlete and, uh, you know, what is 140 kilo athlete, you know, like there's 100 kilos between our, our you know, smallest it's a whole whole actual person yeah exactly. in between those so it's it's very cool and i think it just shows that weightlifting is for everyone and everyone has their place in it so yeah because i was reading some other thing it was by the actress natalie emmanuel you know from game of thrones and she was talking about body image and uh, she was saying that you know she's not an all the athlete or whatever but you know um she was saying that she focuses on a technical skill on learning that rather than, you know, how thin she is or what, whether she fits into a certain dress or whatever, you know? And I thought that's really, what an excellent way of thinking about things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Catherine about that because that, like, weightlifting is so technical. Like, it's all, te like, virtually when you get, like, it's beautiful to watch you do it because it's so smooth. And then you see someone like me do it and you realise how far <laughs> someone has to go, you know, right. like, so, yeah. so thank you. Yeah. But, you know. I definitely think that that has a lot to it. And I think that the issues I've had with body image and that, image that society tells you that you should 
be um, is definitely interesting. Um, and I think my relationship with my body has improved a lot with weightlifting, even though I've seen the highest scale numbers on the scale I've ever seen in my weightlifting career. Um, that doesn't necessarily reflect how I felt about myself because when I was a gymnast, I was a little teenage girl and I thought I was huge. I thought I was, you know, and I based my worth on that. And even though it wasn't even true, I was a very thin girl. Um, I felt like I wasn't and I, and it doesn't even matter. Like, even if I was actually big, it still wouldn't have mattered. And I shouldn't have attached my happiness and worth to that because it doesn't matter. But I think what, what it comes down to is I, control my weight for weightlifting um and that's part of the sport and i kind of attached my worth to weightlifting um and that might be a problem in, in and of itself but um we're always working on things right um and weightlifting is the most important thing and i'm working towards those goals so if that means um i have to be heavier than i usually am so be it and um i think that really helped me detach my worth from the weight on the scale or my body fat percentage or anything like that because yeah kind of like that actor said it's more about what you're doing with your body and you know what you're doing to be happy rather than how it looks and I definitely try to go that way and I try to be healthy and be the best fueled and the you know the best athlete I can be and uh, my weight is just it's working so yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Tokyo 2020 then, and and you know, like, what is the hard goal for you? What would what is the you know when it when the closing ceremony on the flight home? You know, what would what would be the you know uh, success for you? Um, probably cliche, but I think my first and foremost goal is to do my very best because when it comes down to it that's all i can do i can compete i can want a medal i can want a gold medal but when it comes down to it none of that really matters if you know my best isn't there and if my best isn't there then that is it so i just want to on the flight home first and foremost i want to feel like i did everything i could have done and i put my best effort up there um and my second goal is to get a medal and third goal is to make it gold. So, <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. And uh, like I said, I just want to represent the US to the best of my ability and wherever that lands me, um, that's where it'll land me. And that's not to say I wouldn't be disappointed if I didn't achieve some of the goals I wanted to achieve. But um, like I said, I mean, you can't be mad at your best. You there's only so much you can do so um putting all the training in so hopefully my best is the best so <laughs> let's see let's see so to finish off if you pick a number between one and 35 i will um provide you with our like random question <laughs> give me a number let's do 22 my age <laughs> oh 22 is a nice one i don't think we've had this one yet what is your most treasured possession? My dogs. <laughs> I, th I think that counts as a possession. Uh, I have two German shepherds and um, 
they're my life. They're my little, they're not technically emotional support or service animals, but like they are, <laughs> they're, they're great. So, um, I don't know. They, they cheer me up on my best days and, or on my worst days. And then I'm, they're there to be cute and fun on my best days. So like, I don't know, they're just the best. And, um, I'm really excited to see them tomorrow because I haven't seen them in two weeks. So going home and seeing my doggies, I'm so excited. So yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, give them a big squeeze from me as well. Yeah. That has been amazing. All right, have a good day. Bye. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. A massive thank you to Catherine. Go and follow her on Instagram, just Catherine Knight with a K. I'm Eddie Knowles with an I and an E, and we are Olympics across all socials. Okay, that's it for now. Stay safe, stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think, Think like an Olympian. Olympian.